0: You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities.
1: Yeah, full disclosure, I'm short oil right now, and I've been short for about a week or so uh, via the SCO, which is an ETF, a double short ETF.
0: I'm Bill Powers. This is Mining Stock Education. Thank you for tuning in. I'm joined by Nick Santiago of InTheMoneyStocks.com for our monthly market check-in. You'll recall that back in December and January, Nick was uh, forecasting that the VIX, the volatility trade, would be the best of the year. Hasn't been so good thus far, but Nick, do you still think that this is going to be the best trade of the year?
1: I think it's going to be one of them. I'll tell you right now, the, the VIX has been making lower highs and that's what we call a coiling pattern. So I do think we probably have one more loop move lower in the VIX, and then it's gonna be a time to, to buy it again or to buy call options and say something like the VXX, give yourself several months of time. But um, I, I've stayed away from it for a while. There's a lot of money printing going on by the central bankers, 120 billion a month by the Federal Reserve. You got about the same amount of money being done or printed by the ECB the Bank of Japan, I mean, it's just incredible with the amount of liquidity that's out here. It's really unprecedented. And um, again, I I do think the the market is is telling us something. Um, As you start to see uh, more problems uh, arise in the repo market, more problems uh, coming out uh, with with, uh, commodity prices spiking and inflationary pressures. So there's a lot out here that can happen, and 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 the VIX will will have its day in the sun.
0: You're a trader, so this is not a buy and hold uh, thing you would look at, right? And this is like a three to four day swing trade at specific times.
1: Yeah, sometimes if it really is powerful, you know, you could get in it um, and hold it for a week or two. But generally, that's pretty much the length of it. It's what we call, it's what I coined the phrase uh, a spike index. It spikes up. And, you know, you got to be willing to just take your chips off the table when you get that move. It's a very difficult vehicle to trade sometimes. So even today, um, you know, the VIX spiked up at the open, but it's really come crashing back down. It's not negative, but uh, it's come down quite a bit. So you got to be a little bit careful with this one because, uh, you know, it, it makes these big moves and then it comes down rather quickly. So, uh, you know, it's not for uh, the beginner trader or the novice. You got to really know what you're doing when you trade the volatility.
0: Yeah, I followed you on this trade in January and a little in February made about 50% in a week, which I was happy with. And when I texted you, you said, yeah, I sold yesterday. I'm like, oh, if he sold, I'm out. This is one that you got to watch closely and get out when it spikes up.
1: That's right. And, you know, unfortunately, that's the way it works. But like you said, you know, you can make a, a big chunk of money rather quickly. And that's the allure. But it's not the easiest vehicle and it's not, um, it it hasn't been an easy trade this year and I'll be the first to admit it.
0: What about GDXJ, one that we look at on this channel all the time?
1: Yeah, GDXJ and and the junior miners, they've really come under a lot of pressure uh, last month during options expiration. There was definitely some damage done on those charts. I think you still got to be careful with that right now. It's a bit more volatile than the GDX, which is uh, the bigger gold miners. So I would be a little bit cautious with GDXJ and I'd be cautious in general with all of the gold plays at the moment.
0: Okay. Are there certain support levels that you're looking for to maybe, you know, enter back into this trade?
1: Yeah, there are, but I I have to see how they get into them first. You know, it's not going to be the easiest of trades. So, you know, we got to see sometimes how you fall into a a particular level that will tell you if that level is going to be major or minor. And you only want to own major levels. You never want to own a minor level.
0: Silver. What's your analysis of silver? How low could we go or high, how high could we go this year?
1: Yeah, well, I'll use the SLV, which I think it is, is possible. It's possible for that to pull back to around 21. I don't really see silver going lower than that on the SLV. I'm using the SLV because everybody pretty much can look at that. Um, overall, it did have some problems along with gold during options X. But um, longer term, I love silver. I love gold longer term as well. In the short run, I think you got to be careful with, with all of the precious metals right now. It's just, it's just not acting right. And, you know, I don't, I don't know the fundamental story. I don't even care. I'm just telling you the technical picture.
0: You're uh, bullish on gold, but we've also seen sliding bond yields uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, what do you make of this and what is it speaking to regarding the price of gold and the economy?
1: Well, you know, lower yields are usually bullish for gold. And we haven't seen gold really react that well, even though yields have been backing off. Now, the dollar has been a little bit stronger. The dollar's caught a pretty good bid against the euro. So that backdrop may be negative for gold. But I've seen times in the past where gold and the dollar go up together. But generally, lower yields right now are telling us something's not right out here. Um, you know, we shouldn't be falling the way we are. Now, I do think yields are going to bounce back up and recover. But in the short run, yields could go lower. You know, the momentum is to the downside for yields. And that means bond prices are higher right now.
0: And does that mean investors don't believe we're truly facing the inflation that maybe you and I think we're or we are experiencing in our, you know, month to month bills?
1: Yeah, that could be that's probably what you'll hear on TV. But everybody knows, you know, you just go to the supermarket or you go to the gasoline pump. You know what you're paying. I mean, it's it's not a hidden secret. You know, things have gone up dramatically. Uh, you know, even in Florida, gasoline has gone up a dollar. Food prices are. You know, they're making the boxes smaller to try to keep the, the price the same in a box of cereal. So you know, commodity prices have gone up. Yeah, they're pulling back. They're retreating. But if they're retreating um, because growth is over, you know, we got bigger problems out here.
0: What about oil? Oil often indicates uh, what's going on in the economy. What do you see happening in the oil price?
1: Yeah, full disclosure, I'm short oil right now, and I've been short for about a week or so uh, via the SCO, which is an ETF, a double short ETF, and um, basically flat on the trade at the moment. Um, Gold ran up into its OPEC meeting. It also ran up into its October 2018 high. Believe it or not, that was a bullish pattern back in 2018 that failed. And when you run up into failed patterns, that's usually major resistance. And that was my reason for getting short crude. So, so far, um, you know, I think crude is putting in a short term top. I don't think it's over. I think crude could pull back probably to the mid to low 60s. And then, you know, we'll see what it looks like at that point in time. But I think up here at 75, 76, I know everybody's talking about 100. When everybody's talking about that, I'm going the other way.
0: Where do you see key support? I was talking to a friend yesterday and we were thinking just from our observation, without your experience, that $40 would be, you know, we don't see it going below $40 anytime soon. What would you think?
1: No, I wouldn't expect that at all. Um, But like I said, just a few moments ago, you'll have to wait and see how it reacts around 65 or so, or 60, because that was a big level. That was a, a major level to get through. But when you think about the recovery it's had from when it was, you know, negative $40, uh, and now it's, you know, all the way up to the low seventies and went as high as 76. It's been quite a run. Everything has its day in the sun. Everything is going to pull back. Nothing goes up in a straight line, but I I agree with you. 40, 50 bucks should be a pretty good floor.
0: What would be the best sector to short right now? You're shorting oil. Is there something that you like even more than oil in terms of shorting?
1: I'd love to short the entire market, but I really can't because every time we get a fall they push it right back up so you know successfully i've i've successfully traded the qid a couple of times this year for some you know decent gains but it, you know basically that's a short on the nasdaq um, via an etf and i've done that a couple of times but it's been a very very tough trade because of the central bank money printing it really distorts things the difference this time around is the selling really grows and it really builds upon itself, is that with the Game Stops of the world and all these meme stocks, there may not be any short sellers to buy back in. Right now, we're still getting a lot of the buy the dip mentality going on. And I think that's happening um, just because of the conditioning of the central banks. You know, they're always there. They, you know, $120 billion a month in mortgage-backed securities, U.S. treasuries, and sometimes corporate debt. You know, we're at all-time highs in housing prices. Why are they doing this? What are they afraid of? That's the million-dollar question. But the central banks are the backstop right now, and they just continue to print money. So it's been a very, very tough time to short, but the market just continues to make nominal highs. And when I say the market, I mean the S&P 500, the Dow, the NASDAQ just made a new nominal high. But um, again, the the leadership is getting thin, and that's where you got to be careful.
0: What do you think about the restaurant industry, travel, airlines? What are these sectors telling us?
1: Well, the, the airline travel sector started to roll over a bit. And you even see it in the hotels, the airline stocks per se. I own JETS, which is an airline ETF. But, um, you know, nothing goes down a straight line. We'll see if they can get bids here. But um, this week will tell us a lot. But it's a trader's market going forward. This is This is not... You know, this is not an easy tape. Everybody's in the same handful of names now, or the same dozen of names. And it it really has become a a, a trader's market at this stage.
0: So it could fall precipitously then if everybody jumps off the Titanic at the same time?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And, you know, that's what you have to watch for at this stage of the game. Because, like I said, um, you know, the meme stocks and, you know, all of these so-called Reddit board names, a lot of people are afraid to short right now. So when you don't have short sellers, you have an imbalance in the market. Short sellers, believe it or not, they're healthy. That's healthy for the market because they're going to buy back in. And when they cover their their short, that helps to lift, you know, they're buying back into the stock. So, you know, we have a a little bit of of an imbalance here. But um, I think the markets right now are just centrally bank induced. But the Fed isn't going to be able to hold the dam back for much longer. So right now they're doing a good job.
0: While acknowledging we need short sellers, do you also think that there can be predatory short sellers at time, especially with the smaller cap stocks?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's been going on from the beginning of time. I've been in this business so long. I've seen it over and over and over again. (laughs) I mean, it's- Can you recognize
0: it in the share chat, uh, the price pattern on the chart?
1: Yeah, yeah. You see it because a lot of times, well, especially now, everybody can see it in the meme stocks because you get a big parabolic surge right? So, you know, how can a stock like GameStop have a 140% short position? Shouldn't we just be at 100%? You know, it just doesn't make any sense. But, you know, you know, the institutions can do things like that. And again, somebody finds the imbalance, you know, that that's where it comes from. But, you know, a lot of people think it's the individual trader, the meme, Reddit board trade. It's not it, it. These these guys are these are the institutions. It's always been the institutions. It always will be the institutions.
0: All right. So the David versus Goliath theme, like Kerry Lutz said, you don't believe in that. <laughs> you think it's the no. big players behind the scene fighting against each other.
1: That's right. I do think that. And I know it because just think about it. Uh, I'll give you a great example. A few years back, Bill Ackman, who owns Pershing uh, Capital, Pershing Square Capital, he was uh long JCPenney and the shorts were piling in on jc penny to make him lose money and they knocked that stock down to basically nothing i don't even know what jc penny trades at today maybe 50 cents or or if it you know if, if it's even trading but the point i'm trying to make is when the when the sharks see blood in the water they're circling and that's just the nature of this business so that's why i always tell everybody learn charts you know you're not going to be perfect you're not going to make money all the time but you're going to keep yourself from getting hurt. And and this is a very, very tough year. Just think about it this year, Bill. We've seen the SPACs go into bear market from an early, earlier in the year. They were soaring and roaring. They were the most loved. We've seen the alternative energy stocks go from parabolic moves to bear markets. We've seen small caps from parabolic moves to bear markets. I mean, there's been bear markets out here. You know, they're just not talked about because they're not in the Dow Jones, the S and P 500 or the NASDAQ. And, um, you know, that's, that's all that makes the media's attention. So, you know, there's been a lot of bear markets out here and um, traders really got to be careful. Another thing I'd like to add, if we may, is the amount of fraud secondaries. I mean, I don't know. We've got a thousand secondaries this year. Sometimes companies are doing two secondaries a month. It's unprecedented. And then um, you know, you have these IPOs that are coming out now, Coinbase, and everybody loves Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin's the biggest Ponzi scheme ever invented, but that's my take on it. You know, how can and your you partner disagrees,
0: something? right? <laughs> yeah, your part- I mean, I,
1: I I can't walk into a supermarket without twenty people tackling me asking me about Bitcoin. It was at <laughs> sixty five thousand. I said I would sell every bit of it if you have it. And I was on Kerry Lutz's program telling him the same thing back in April and people were getting angry at me. I was getting, you know, almost death threats. And here we are, you know, this is it. back at 30,000. You know, that's that's a big drop when you fall over 50 percent.
0: Well, some of the Bitcoin bulls, though, they point out, well, you guys were saying sell at 20,000 and look what happened. You were wrong. You're going to be wrong again. Isn't that part of the argument?
1: Yeah. But I never said to sell at 20,000. I said, you know, it's, it's an asset, I guess at at this point, and the chart is bullish or bearish. I just go by the chart. But when I saw it go parabolic, which was a lot of, uh, you know, a pattern I see very often, you know, I I was screaming from the rooftop for these people and believe it or not, I don't own any of it. I don't own any of, I've never owned any of it. I have no skin in that game, but um, I have to tell you, I was trying to warn people and, and, you know, here we are at 30000 And I got news for you. It's going down to 21000 It's not done. So people should be aware of that. That pattern that's out there right now, it's, it's not a pattern of strength. It's going lower.
0: Nick, I appreciate your candidness with sharing with my listeners and your subscribers your performance. So where are we at with your options trading as well as your swing trading?
1: Yeah, so the options, I had a, a couple of expiring options, but I'm still up a little over 100%. Swing trading, we're up about 20%, but I've got a few uh, nice winners that I have not taken the profits on. I'm letting the second half run. And, um, you know, all in all, it's going to be that kind of year. It's going to be a grinded out year. And, you know, hopefully I just continue to do my job and and do the best that I can do, God willing. But, um, you know, this is that kind of environment. The year, the 20, the one year of a decade, everybody should write this down and remember, is always a very turbulent year. And, um, this, this one is exceptional.
0: And you have a free service coming up too, right next week for people wanting to learn more about trading.
1: Yeah. I'm going to do an intro to technicals. I'm going to try to teach people the technicals out here, the basics, you know, how to read a bar chart, how to read a candle chart, what kind of patterns make money continuously, what to, you know, how to, how to identify a a trend, uptrend, downtrends, because, if we go into a downtrend, you know, then you're going to have to reverse things and you're going to have to make money that way. I mean, just because things don't go up anymore doesn't mean you stop trading. All we want to do is identify the trend. So it should be a great course. It's it's really a, for novice traders. It's not, I'm not doing this for my group. My group's very advanced. I'm doing this for people that have never ever been in, involved in charts because I get emails all the time from people saying, Hey, the P/E ratio or, the earnings per share on this, and I say, throw that stuff in the trash. I haven't looked at a PE ratio or an EPS in ages. I could care less what the book value of a company is. The footprint of human nature is the charts. Money is either flowing in, it's flowing out, or it's going sideways. And that should tell you pretty much everything you need to know.
0: Excellent. The website's inthemoneystocks.com. You can find more information about that uh, seminar there. And Nick, thanks for coming on the show. We'll be talking to you in about four weeks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances